Welcome to the Life Point Louisville podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Sean McGill. For more information about this podcast and for other resources, visit lifepointlou.org. I don't know if you know this, but Kentucky has a long history of revivals. Um, earlier, I guess it would have been the second Great Awakening in the early 1800s and 1900s, um, there's an area in just down the road actually called Cane Ridge. 20,000 plus people gathered there. It was a huge move of God. Most revival books that you read uh, actually say that Cane Ridge uh, is one of the greatest revivals uh, in our history and especially in America's history. Early 1904, there was a revival right here in Louisville where tens of thousands of people got saved. It said the whole city was breathing a spiritual breath. The article in the Courier Journal said a whole city was moved. And so Kentucky has a long, rich history of revivals. About a year and a half ago, there was a prophet that I don't follow, but somebody had sent it to me. And this prophet was preaching at a church in Ohio and uh, made mention about God's heart for Kentucky said, I don't know what it is about Kentucky, but God's been really focused in on Kentucky. And Kentucky, I believe, is is really on the precipice of something amazing. And I don't think um, that it's any coincidence that at the darkest time in history, God called us to plant a church. We're not the savior of this city, but this city needed more life-giving churches because I believe there's gonna come a day where there's not enough churches in this city that can hold the amount of people that are flocking to the house of God, believing for God to do something great. I believe that there will come a day where once again, this city, we will see the whole city shut down because people are so passionate and so hungry for a move of God. I don't know if you know this, but there is a move of God that is rising across the nation right now. If you Uh, been on Facebook and you follow Christians, you've probably seen this. Uh, If you don't, uh, you you may be uh, oblivious to it, but uh, all my friends on Facebook are Christians, and so it's been my whole newsfeed. But this last week, there's been something going on at Asbury. I don't know if you're familiar with it or not, but uh, since February 9th, so for 11 days now, there's been a massive move of God, an outpouring Uh, or revival as some are calling it. Uh, About an hour and 15 minutes from here, it has become ground zero for what I believe is really the verge or the precipice of a great awakening in our nation that is happening again. There's amazing things going on at Asbury. And I know if uh, possibly you've read Facebook, you've seen probably one or two camps of those addressing the revival at Asbury. You've seen those that are critics and those that are confused and maybe those that, on the other hand, are just excited and pumped and overwhelmed. And I just wanna uh, say this. I would be very careful who you're allowing to speak into you. And if you do hear critics complaining and critics saying, well, I don't know if that's God or I don't know if God would do it that way or there's not enough this or, you know, whatever critics would say about it, I'm very careful with, with what I entertain when it comes to God's spirit moving. And so if you do hear critics, you may not understand it. It may be confusing. You may have never been there. And I would say this, um, there's a lot of critics who have not been there criticizing something they have not seen and have not been a part of. And so I'm just pastoring you because in the coming weeks and coming months, you're gonna hear a lot about what happened at Asbury because it is an hour and a half down the road. This is our state and God has been moving mightily in it. And so as you hear the 
voice of the critics. May you allow the Holy Spirit to drown them out. And may you say, hey, if they're hungry, I may not understand it, but I'm just gonna say, go God, go God. And here's what I've learned. This week I was down at Asbury on Wednesday night, waited for about two hours to get in the room. And then yesterday attempted to get in the room, but there were so many people. The city was basically shut down, tens of thousands of people, three lines wrapped around the building going into the neighborhoods, people trying to get in a room and experience a move of God. There were so many people, they had over four overflows there on campus. I ended up in a cafeteria around a table with about 20 people. There were so many um, people that were coming. I heard one lady at the university said, I'm on the phone right now trying to get churches to open their doors. I'm on the phone right now trying to find more seats. What an amazing problem to have that a city would be so filled with people hungry for a move of God that there's not enough space to contain the amount of people that are driving and flying in. And here's what you have to know, Asbury is not a reward for the chosen, but it's a gift for the hungry. What is taking place at Asbury right now is not just for a chosen select few. What we are experiencing there is a gift for hungry people. Those that hunger and thirst after him, they shall be filled. And that's what they are experiencing right now. I stood in line Wednesday night from a Chick-fil-A, next to a Chick-fil-A operator that had flown in from Boston, said I had to get here. I had to see what God was doing. People coming in, literally, I was talking to somebody a minute ago, said they were standing in line next to somebody from South Africa. People coming in from all over the world, and you might think, what in the world is taking, why, why, why are they doing that? Why are they coming in from all over the world to experience what's taking place in a town of 4,000 in Wilmore, Kentucky, which has become ground zero, I believe, for one of the greatest revivals our generation might experience. It is a revival led by Gen Z and honestly, maybe for Gen Z, but I think it is spreading very quickly and it is for us all because we have been living in some dark days. We have been living in some, some confusing times. Over the last couple years, the enemy has rained havoc on our nation. The enemy has rained havoc on our hearts and in our homes. And it is time for a move of God again to cover and saturate our earth like never before. And I think John Wesley described it the best when he said this, the old preacher said this, light yourself on fire with passion and people will come from miles to watch you burn. So what is happening at Asbury? People are lighting themselves on fire for Jesus and people are coming in from across the world to watch them burn and to catch a spark themselves. And I believe that every spark is going to spread across our nation. And I want the spark to spread into our house. I don't think that we should, this is not about if you've been to Asbury doing it just like Asbury. It is not about their methods. It is not about, you know, uh, who they've led on a stage or who they've not, how many lights they have or how many lights they don't have. It is not about that. And the enemy will try to confuse us. What it is about is hunger. God is there because people are hungry. And I want to see a move of God in our city where people are touched because people are hungry. I've longed for Habakkuk 3.2 to take place. Lord, I have heard of your fame and I stand in awe of your deeds. And would you repeat them in our day? In our time, will you make them known? 
My prayer is that God would make his deeds known in our day. I pray that everything that you have read about in the scripture and everything that you have heard people in a prior generation talking about that we would experience for ourselves. No longer do I want to be the generation that just wonders if God can and wonder if God will. I wanna lead a church and I wanna be a part of a generation that is so hungry and desperate and so full of faith that they say, God, repeat your deeds in our days. God, in our time, let them be known. I long for hurting hearts to be set free. I long for the addicts to get set free. I long for the depressed to get set free. I long for the single mom that is desperate and hopeless and doesn't know how to parent anymore to get set free. I long for joy to be restored in our city. I long for hope to come back into our hearts. I long for the enemy to get a black eye and say, you cannot have our children. You cannot have our marriages. You cannot have it anymore. I long for the church to take ground again, and I believe that the first drops of rain are here. Do you sense it? I can't help but to think of the prophet as he stood on the mountain waiting for rain after a dry spell some ways I believe God has been holding back his reign waiting for an appropriate time but just like the servant that ran and told the prophet I see a small cloud the size of a man's hand and Elijah said let it come here comes the rain I see a small cloud I see the raindrops of revival on the horizon we can either step into it in faith or we can join the critics and ignore it. Many of you have been praying for revival. You have been seeking the face of God. Let faith arise in your spirit now. May you receive what God is doing across this earth. May you not question it, but may you receive it. I think those that receive what God is doing in their spirit full of faith will experience it. And so God, send revival. What did I see at Asbury? I saw an atmosphere of revival. Today, I don't wanna talk about how we can mimic what Asbury's doing, but I do think there are some very tangible things that I saw in the room, my observations. And so I've seen a lot of people on Facebook saying, here's my observations, or you know, here's the things I saw at Asbury. And so as your pastor, here's my observations of the move of God that we're experiencing an hour and a half down the road that is spreading across our state. I wanna talk about the atmosphere of revival today. The first thing is this, there is prayer happening. They are seeking him. They are seeking him. Revivalists once said this, there's never been a spiritual awakening in any country or any locality that did not begin in united prayer. Revival will not take place without prayer. I love what Second Chronicles says. I wish I could preach the whole story today. It says, the Spirit of God came to Azariah, son of Odeb, and he went out to meet Asa, and he said to him, listen to me, Asa, and all of Judah and Benjamin. The Lord, he is with you. When is he with you? 
when you are with him. The Lord is with you when you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. I think something that we have to understand about prayer, if we seek him, he will be found by us. Every great move of God starts with prayer. Every great move of God that will take place in our city and in our church will start from seeking God. Look at what this passage says. But if you, uh, but if from there you seek the Lord your God, you will find him if you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul. It's not just about seeking him intellectually, but it's about seeking him with your whole being, your mind, your soul, your spirit, all that is within you. Jeremiah 29 says this, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I love what John Tyson, he's a pastor in New York City, has recently said in January about revival. John has studied revivals for nearly his entire life. In fact, a few years ago, went on a three-month journey to visit with his family. His family vacation was visiting revival sites. And as we sat in Asbury the other night, I saw John sitting up in the balcony, riding away, probably writing his next book. And here's what he said about revival. He says, this is the secret sauce that I have found to every great revival. God comes where he's wanted. God comes where he's wanted. Is God here? Yes. But God will be manifested in a place where he is wanted and desired. God is ready to move in your life. You just need to seek him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. So I want to encourage you. I want to encourage us. If we want to experience what they're experiencing in Wilmore, Kentucky, it won't be mimicking their methods, but it will be, it'll be posturing our hearts the same way. What started as a chapel that led to a prayer service that has continued for 11 days is because of prayer. They are seeking him. Not only that, another atmosphere ingredient is praise and worship. They are giving God what he deserves. Psalms 56 says this, let everything, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Psalms 103, one says, praise the Lord, O my soul and all my being. Praise his holy name. Worship, guys, isn't about a style of music, but it is about the condition of your heart. Worship is not giving God what you feel, but it's giving God what he deserves. If we're gonna see revival in our church and in our city, I believe it's gonna start with prayer. And I believe it's gonna be carried with worship. God, you deserve it all. God, I can't sing, but you deserve it all. God, I may not be on key, but you are holy. God, it is your amazing grace. Oh, how sweet the sound. Worship isn't about just this atmosphere. It's about this atmosphere. It's about posturing your heart to him. And we just do our very best here with talented people and 
with an atmosphere of production to create a distraction-free environment so you feel like you can let it go. But worship, they're seeking him. They're giving him what he deserves. And then there's testimony. They're telling of his goodness and his deeds. Students, one after another, are testifying about how good God has been in their life. May there come a day again where we are not scared of cancel culture, where we are not scared what people at the office may think, where we are not scared of our neighbors and what our family or friends might think, but may we begin to testify again about the goodness of God. People are longing to hear of God's goodness, but we are holding it back out of fear. And may the fear of someone calling us radical, someone calling us a Jesus freak, may it diminish. And may a faith to tell of all he's doing in your life rise up in you. When somebody asks you what's different about you, may it not be your keto diet, may it not be the amount of yoga you do or you know, whatever latest vitamin you took. But may it be the joy of the Holy Spirit in you. May it be an overflow of I love God. I serve God and he is doing great things in my life. And what you are experiencing from me is a fruit of the spirit. It is love and joy and peace. And it's all in me. I got it when I gave my heart to Jesus and I'm just letting it flow through me. So may we begin again to testify of his goodness. It is not unloving to tell the world how good God is. We don't need to slide in the back door anymore and ease our way into it. They are waiting for you. There are people waiting for you to just acknowledge the God that has changed everything in your life. First Chronicles says this, give thanks to the Lord and proclaim his greatness. Let the whole world know what he's done. Psalm 107 two, has the Lord redeemed you? Then speak out. Tell others he's redeemed you from your enemies. Has the Lord done anything in your life? Talk about it. Share it. Tell the world. Post it on Instagram. Be a digital influence for Jesus. I don't care what you do. Let the whole world know how good God is. What if your circle of friends are just waiting on you? You've been waiting on God and God is saying, no, I've given you everything you need. I'm just waiting on you to let them know. The fourth thing is this, there's reconciliation. Just another ingredient I'm seeing in revival there. They're forgiving one another. I saw uh, the president of the university the other night take the stage and he said, what God is doing here is just a sweet revival. People are coming hungry and there's humility and all the things that he talked about. And he said, what's so amazing is the forgiveness we're starting to see. As students who haven't talked to each other, who have maybe walked different directions on campus when they've seen each other, now coming together 
locking arms, forgiving one another. President of the university talked about faculty that have had odds against each other for years coming together again, forgiving one another. Guys, it's hard to have, it's hard to be a place that looks like Jesus when there's, there's, there's things in a room or people in a room that we're holding grudges against. May our church always be marked with forgiveness. Next week, we're gonna spend Sunday talking about how to forgive. But if you're in this room and there's anybody else in this room that you've been holding on to, maybe something has got a hold of you and you're like, I'm never letting that go. Guys, if we're gonna see revival, we've gotta let it go. We've gotta learn to forgive each other. Not only those in this room, but you gotta learn to forgive those outside this room. You need to forgive someone in your family this week that has hurt you. You need to forgive that coworker at work. God, may you bring about reconciliation. And I know that there's a lot of layers to forgiveness. That's why we're gonna talk about it next week. Because I know for some of you, it's more than just, I forgive that person. There's some deep wounds. So we wanna talk about it. But reconciliation, may this be a healthy room full of people that know how to receive forgiveness and also know how to forgive. Look at what Colossians says. Since God chose you to be his holy people that he loves, you must clothe yourself with tender hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Oh, I know they've done you wrong. But God, give me tenderheartedness, mercy. May I have mercy. May I have kindness for them. Gentleness, patience goes on to say, make allowance for each other's faults. Forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. So there's prayer, there's seeking him. There's praise and worship. There's testimonies, there's repentance. Lastly, they're turning to him. We've been in a series on temptation, and this is how we're ending our series today. If you've been struggling with temptation and it's got the best of you, then just repent. Turn to him. Acts 3.19 says this, repent, then turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out and times of refreshing may come. My prayer is that there may be a refreshing presence of a holy God that washes over you as you repent of your sins. So you say, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for doing the things that I know grieve you. See, true revival takes place when there's a repentance and then there is such a strong distaste for sin 
I love what Kyle Adelman said this week on social. He said, when there, there is such a distaste that it's almost like a vomit, where sin makes you want to vomit. May there be such a distaste in our mouths for sin. May there be such a distaste in our mouth for the things of this world. When we have that, revival comes. What is repentance? It's just simply a change of mind that leads to a change of behavior. Look at what Romans says. It says, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So it starts with a changed mind. God changed my mind. Let the things of this world that has captured my attention for so long, let me not see them anymore as appealing and desirable. Where does temptation come from our own desires? We've been learning the last few weeks. And so God, give me a renewed mind. Help me to look at that thing and know that it grieves you, that that is sin that I'm touching with, that I'm playing around with, that I'm handling. It is sin. And then it's a changed behavior. Ezekiel 14, 6, therefore say to the people of Israel, this is what the sovereign Lord says, repent and then turn. Turn from your idols and renounce all your detestable practices. God, renew my mind. Let me think and see like you. And then God, let me change my direction. What is repentance? It's a renewed mind and then it's a change in direction. I was going the world's way, and now I'm going God's way. If there's anything that I think of these five that has really marked, I think, the Asbury Revival, it's repentance. The front of the stage at Asbury says this, holiness unto the Lord. It is the only thing that you see on that stage. I mean, like, so clear. There's no screen, no lyrics. There is a line that just says, holiness unto the Lord. May holiness become attractive again. May there be a, a distaste in you for sin. So what is the atmosphere of revival? that we can step into as a church so that we too can experience such a move of God where this building cannot contain the amount of people that God is sending. The drops of rain are here. And as a church, Jennifer and I cannot just lead the way ourselves. Our staff team cannot just bring it in ourselves. But may we be hungry as a body for a once in a generation move of God that allows once again, just like it did over 120 years ago, to see a whole city moved. The atmosphere of revival is prayer. Let's seek him. Praise and worship. Let's give him what he deserves. Testimony, let's tell of his deeds. Reconciliation, let's forgive one another. And repentance. Let's turn to him. Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Louisville podcast. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the good news of Jesus, you can give by visiting lifepointlou.org 
forward slash give or text LCLOU to 77977. Thanks so much. We hope you have an incredible week.